0: Comic Vine podcast for the week of August 1st, 2016. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Elfring. Tony is gone. Not forever. He'll be back. Uh, he is currently doing some magical, wonderful things you'll be hearing about very, very soon. And Corey doesn't exist still. So Corey's gone. I didn't even ask Corey to do it this week. Just like, let's, let's do it. So uh, we got some. Wonderful comic books to talk about from last week. Uh I know doing this with one person is going to be very weird, but because we didn't record last week uh because of San Diego Comic-Con, we want to give you guys a little something. So uh checking out what's going on in the news or a little bit of news over the weekend. Uh there's a a new a, a new trailer from Legendary Pictures from the movie The Great Wall which stars uh Matt Damon in China uh, on the Great Wall where he's fighting monsters. Uh, it's coming from director Zhang Yimou? I get, Yimou? I've never pronounced that out loud. Uh, but he uh, is the person behind Hero and House of Flying Daggers. So this is his first English language production and uh, the largest film ever shot entirely in China. So... The trailer looks great. Uh, there's a lot of controversy behind the idea that, uh, once again, uh, it's a white person in a foreign country dealing with things that he should. I, I don't know. Uh, the, I, I understand the controversy. Uh, the, I for, I forgot who said Constance something. I don't have it. The tweet right in front of me, but she said, uh, "If Matt Damon falls in love with a an Asian woman, I'll lose it." So. There, there, there's, there comes the idea where should we have, you know, more Chinese actors play roles that take place in China? The answer's, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of great Chinese actors out there. Uh, and not just Jackie Chan, guys. Come on. Uh, the, the film looks fine. I mean, on its own, the film, I, I'll see, it's looks action-packed. Visually, it looks beautiful. So that's going to be, that's going to be pretty cool controversy aside. Uh, next big piece of news is that the Avengers Infinity War movies is going to be maybe one film? So originally, uh, the Infinity War was going to be a two-part thing. And, you know, parts one, part two, Avengers Infinity War, and they're going to fight Thanos and blah, 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 blah. They announced that the first part, or the the film that they're shooting for Infinity War is just called Avengers Infinity War. It's not called Avengers Infinity War Part 1. So there's a lot of people speculating that this... The infinity war is just going to be one singular film and there's going to be another avengers film coming later on down the line at this point in time no one's really sure what's actually happening if there's going to be a two-parter to this or a second part to this but you know we'll wait and see Uh, hbo finally confirms when game of thrones will end we've all kind of known due to rumors and reports there are two uh seasons left and they're both going to be kind of shorter seasons i believe the next upcoming season was going to be seven episodes and we're also not getting it for like a year and a half which screw you hbo like what am i gonna do on sundays watch preacher probably but they uh there was an official announcement today coming from variety when i say today i mean like a few days ago actually Actually, it was today. Never mind. <laughs> All the days are, are meshing together. So... Uh, programming Chief Casey Bloys confirmed that uh, this is going to... The show's going to end after two seasons. So we have, the, you know, the 7th, 8th, done. That's it. No more Game of Thrones. We're already past the books anyway. And George R. 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 Martin is never going to finish those books. I guarantee it. He's going to cash paychecks the rest of his life. So... Uh, Westworld, which is that 70s or 80s, I think it's like early 80s uh, sci-fi film which I really enjoy but it doesn't have a, a great staying power uh, replayability it, it, it's kind of cheesy uh, it's going to be debuting on HBO on October 2nd so we've been kind of waiting like when's Westworld going to happen, when's World going to happen we've seen trailers for the show it looks really interesting, but uh, up until today, there was no, you know, when's it coming out? So it'll be October 2nd. That'll maybe probably be the thing that's going to replace Game of Thrones for a while. I don't know. What day is October 2nd? Let's all check. It's Sunday. It's not TV. It's HBO. So that's going to be cool. <clears throat> I'm pretty excited for this show. I, I Like I said, I like the movie. I think there's a lot that I can play with here. You know, how close is it going to be to the original movie? I don't know. I, it's HBO, so it's probably gonna be pretty good. There's a new movie poster for Transformers: The Last Night, which is a terrible subtitle for a movie because it's Night with a K, and I immediately think like, oh, Dark Knight, Batman. So it's a uh, like a silver Optimus Prime. Is it Optimus Prime? I can't even tell. All these Transformers look alike. Well, he's got a giant sword, and he's fighting what looks like to be spaceships and monstrous type transformers. I I will watch the Transformers movies. I I think they're uh, excuse me, this is my opinion. I think they're hot garbage. I I'm not a fan of them, but I like. They're not good movies, but I like watching them. It's a it's that kind of that demolition man type type feeling for me where it's like yeah I'll watch that 40 times not a good movie I'll watch it 40 times but you know what I just want to be entertained there's a new font on for Transformers too that I really think looks ugly they've completely changed the font for like the title of Transformers it's very feels very 70s-ish it's very bubbly I'm not a not a big fan of it not at all we also got to see what Tyler Hotchlin is going to look like in the upcoming second season of supergirl uh there was a promotional image released and superman has a belt for no reason that's the only thing that really bugs me about it I, he looks all right i don't know he's got kind of, I i don't want to i don't want to say a weird face that sounds mean but his his face is a, a little haunting in the image i mean i've seen other pictures of him and he looks fine but this like Supergirl picture he's just kind of Staring into the depths of my soul, waiting to eat me. From the soul out. That's how you eat people. So as you probably figure out, this is going to be a much shorter episode because... I'm alone! So kind of getting right into comics, we can jump right into DC because D stands for DC and that's first. Once I get my pile of books out here. A lot of stuff came out... And it was really hard to figure out what came out what weeks because, as you may know, we were in San Diego Comic-Con and I just had a giant stack of books and I didn't know what was from what. So if I uh, talk about a book that wasn't from this past week, sorry, I'll try. First up was Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. I ended up giving this a four. It's a pretty solid starter issue. Robert Venditti, the writer, is dealing with a lot of backstory and and, and kind of trying to explain a lot of plot devices that have happened in the past that are relevant towards now, such as Hal Jordan and uh, the Gauntlet, which is not here, but there's kind of a little bit of touching upon that, but the the Green Lantern Corps being in uh, the universe previous to this one, Sinestro being old, which is not explained at all, and that was kind of my biggest problem with it. You know, Sinestro and his core running the universe is the you know emerging police force you know ruling the everything through fear so it was a, it was a pretty good setup issue I, I I did enjoy it uh sandoval's arts really really nice but I'm, I'm much more into mori's uh to to mori's color work I, I think he does some great stuff when it comes to the constructs here overall really really solid issue I'm kind of happy with how it's how it kicks off i'm really happy that robert vindy is continuing to write this uh, i think he has a, a a very good grasp on green lantern core i know he's a little polarizing with fans but i, I he's made this into kind of a sci-fi space adventure and, and that's what i want out of out of a green lantern book i, I want a space adventure i, I want a, a good element of fun but I want people to kind of search and investigate, and, you know, that's what we're getting here. And I, I really enjoyed that. We had Wonder Woman number three. Now, this is going back to the cheetah story. Uh, if you have not been paying attention, uh, the odd issues for this are going to be a cheetah story, and the even issues will be kind of an origin story for Wonder Woman. A quote-unquote origin story. It's more about Wonder Woman leaving Themyscira. So, Liam Sharp and Laura Martin, the artist and colorist on this book, just kill it like I the the art on here is just awesome I could not be happier with that a lot of the issues is kind of dealing with Cheetah and Wonder Woman's kind of torrid past you know they've were once friends they're enemies and now Wonder Woman needs her help so how is you know Cheetah going to deal with that you know how is she going to trust Diana again you know will she help Diana find Themyscira again uh, we also have a sto- uh, kind of a shorter story Kind of to break things up with Steve Trevor in here it's a, it's a really just fun issue I like what's going on here I like this story more than the origin story though I wish this, you know, the first six issues or five Or however long this is going to be Could have been this story Then we do the origin story I hate the jumping back and forth I think it kind of kills the momentum for the story Even though it's every two weeks But you know, I'll take what I can get. So I was kind of... I think I gave this... Oh, I did review this. I gave it four stars. There you go! So next up is Detective Comics 937. This is dealing with the colony. Uh, Batman's figuring out who the colony is. Why why they exist. What what I like about... <clears throat> excuse me. What's going on in here. Is is that it's, there's a lot of great explanation for what this group is and why they're here the, what I just said uh, James Tinian does a Tynion I always want to call him Tynion James Tynion does a great job kind of explaining everything that the reader needs to know it's not overcomplicated. It, it's very inclusive and there's a pretty big twist towards the end which we will not be ruining here but this was a I, I'm really enjoying this series personally I like Batman more I know Tony likes Detective more but personally, yeah, I'm really enjoying what's going on here. Now we have Action Comics, which has Superman and Wonder Woman, and then Clark Kent's there, and then Doomsday's there, and Jonathan Kent's there. I, I've i been liking this story, but this issue was kind of one of the weaker ones. I, I normally like Tyler Kirkham's art a lot, and there's a lot of great moments here with his art, but there's also a few moments where I'm kind of like... Eh, he has some like facial things like close-ups on wonder woman looked a little a little bizarre story-wise it's moving very very slow again i like this but this issue personally was very it's full of action which is great but it's it's not i don't know it feels almost like holding pattern type stuff so it was all right i don't know i'm gonna keep reading it I, i i'm enjoying what dan jurgensen's doing I mean, if anybody's going to write another Doomsday story, it's going to be Dan Jurgens, so that makes perfect sense to me. Now we have Titans. Now we were told that there's like a big, huge reveal here. I mean, there's a reveal. It's not anything gigantic. I am not a Titans reader, normally. I, I normally don't pay attention to this group. It's not, you know, one of my favorites. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, it's never been something I've been too attracted to as a reader. But what Dan Abnett does very very well is kind of make this book for anyone. I, I'm not sure how this is gonna p- play to people who are are big fans of the Titans, but for me, I, I, I felt like this was warm and greeting, and, and I think that's what you need for for a book like this, especially one with a long history. So it's great to see Kid Flash back or Wally West, whatever you want to call him, because <laughs> Kid Flash is other Wally West. Who knows? uh there's a there's a lot of kind of cool fun moments i mean i think this is a good setup for what's going to be coming down the line it feels i mean the from the titans books i've read in the past this kind of feels like that which is really cool so uh, for me that would have been you know probably a four maybe a three i don't know somewhere kind of in between there then we have nightwing The Rebirth issue I super duper loved. I don't think I reviewed that though because I'm terrible. No, I did not. Did not review it. Anyway, so this is classic Nightwing. He's back, and it's just so much fun because there's what's working really, really well for the for the issue is that it's still playing off things that happened in the previous uh, Grayson issue as well as Forever Evil. A lot of the issue deals with the court of owls which is you remember that was uh dick made a pact with the court of owls in order to save damien's life and we got a lot of that in rebirth a lot of uh i'm sorry in a lot of uh in nightwing rebirth of how that all plays out so i this is just a, a very very solid start we get to meet the new villain here which is named raptor and weirdly enough, Issue 2 comes out this upcoming week, I think. Unless this book came out last week, and I'm just talking about a book that came out last week. Because, again, no, no, it, it came out. Okay, I'm not crazy. So, I, I highly recommend Nightwing. Uh, it's just, Tim Tim Seeley is doing a wonderful job with this character. And he's gone through so much, so much BS over the past couple of years... But it's making him a stronger character, and Tim Seeley is really working that into this book. And I could not be happier as a Nightwing fan with, with what's going on. So next up is Batgirl. I will will admit that I'm the, I'm not really a big Batgirl fan. I feel like uh, the goth the world of Gotham gets a little overcrowded with with characters, and I feel like Batgirl Batgirl kind of falls under the falls by the wayside i think the, the last volume was, was not personally for me but a great volume it, it's good for especially younger readers that wanted to to get into the character but now uh, hope larson is working on this with rafael albuquerque dave mccraig on colors and batgirl is off to japan to kind of become a better fighter she wants to learn from japan's you know best hero from past ages I forgot the character's name I'm looking guys don't worry uh, 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 just looking fruit bat okay I knew it was bat something so the fruit bat she's over hundred years old and she's still kind of kicking butt on occasion I this is a great start I I am loving this as a person who is not a big background fan this really works for me the art is beautiful the colors are beautiful the writings fantastic nothing but high praise for this this would have been five stars from me it's because we're really getting to build on barbara gordon as batgirl this is more about her becoming a better crime fighter than anything else And i think that's a really kind of that's a cool concept that's that's something that's really interesting to play with that we we occasionally see it but it's been a while since we've seen anything like this then we have red hood and the outlaws rebirth I am not an Outlaws, not a Red Hood fan. I was a Red Hood fan for a little while (laughs) when he first came back. This whole issue, as it's a rebirth title, it's introducing the character. So we're getting Jason Todd. He's working with Batman while he's stealing the rims off the Batmobile. I love that they're still doing that. That's such a weird dated 80s thing, like stealing rims off of a car. Like, no one does that now. But... That's how... Or he's stealing the tires, sorry. But still, stealing tires... It's so weird. It's a very dated thing, but I love that it's still a part of his history. It's Batman taking the character in, making him Robin. It's, you know, it's exactly what I what I would want out of a, a Red Hood rebirth. Uh, it does deal with some present-day stuff with Batman and kind of the Black Hood. And uh, how... Not the Black Hood, Black Mask. Sorry uh black mask and his role in gotham so there's all it's building on a lot while introducing a lot so for me that's kind of i'm really i really like what scott Lobdell is doing with that issue i think there's a lot of promise there let me move over to future quest this is issue three this does not continue the main story and that super bummed me out we're getting two stories here the first one is from birdman uh and that's jeff parker writing with steve rude on art and uh steve buchelato on colors it's fun it's you know it's a good birdman story if you like the character i think it's a it's a fun introduction i know i'm saying fun a lot guys but bear with me (laughs) Uh, it's a it's a fun introduction to to character for people who aren't as initiated i i feel like i would prefer this book to be a standalone instead of part of future quest we're, we're, we're getting to see their roles and how, in all of Future Quest and you know the day before this all happens uh, them going to the Johnny Quest universe but I, I don't know, it, it feels like it almost doesn't fit. There's a second story with the Herculoids, Jeff Parker's writing Aaron LaPresti on pencils Carl Kessel inks, Hi-Fi on colors again sorry guys to mis- overuse fun it's fun, it's not the best thing To come out of the Hanna-Barbera stuff. It's definitely not the worst thing. That would have been like a a solid three. So, uh, moving over to Marvel. First thing on my desk is International Iron Man. That's the first thing. I love Bendis and Maliva as a team. I do not care about this story. I think I've made that pretty clear. It is about Tony Stark trying to... Find his real parents, and there's a lot of big revelations here towards the end. It's also Tony Stark dealing with death, uh, death of friends, so death of family, (laughs) death of Howard Stark, which happened many years ago. But that's the that's how the book kicks off. I, I just, I'm not that interested in what's going on. I, I know a lot of Iron Man fans are really enjoying this. I think as it's crafted it's it's very very good but it's just very uninteresting to me sorry next up is civil war ii number four uh brian bendis writing david marquez on art justin poncer on colors boy i'm having a tough time with this series now, the last issue had uh spoilers if you didn't read issue three you should have by now it had hawkeye killing bruce banner and this is dealing with the aftermath of that. And, boy, I, I am not digging on this. So Hawkeye ends up uh, walking. I know I'm doing a little bit of spoiler stuff. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> That's about a spoiler as I'll get. So, it, yeah, right, right from the opening, Hawkeye walks. Oh, he killed Bruce and he's you know doesn't go to jail or anything. I, I again, and it's been my problem with this is day. What they want, and I know some people disagree with me but I'm just I'm not feeling the book I I, I don't I feel like it's a, a not a great follow up it just I don't know feels it feels like they're cashing in on a name it, I don't know guys I just can't do Civil War 2 I really can't it's 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 not terrible like the art is amazing on this it's some of uh, Marquez's best art Ponsor's colors are great Bendis is not a bad writer he does at times, uh, if you go back and look at like Ultimate Comics Spider-Man or uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man, he does tend to set up a lot of things that never get resolved, like Spider-Man 616, or I'm sorry, Miles Morales 616. Where's that guy? Um, I'm still mad about that. <laughs> it's been years. And they, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Okay whatever did i miss a rebirth book oh i missed the flash i'm sorry guys i missed uh dc rebirth the flash we finally get to see godspeed it, it, it's barry and uh augustus oh, i can't remember his name i feel like tony today i'm bad with names i'm just kind of like what was that guy's name august august how did i not for, how did i forget that so it's it's then dealing with these other speedsters, then Godspeed shows up to finally, like we've been talking about this character for so long, and the character finally shows up! What I really liked about this book was the fact we finally got to see the rogues. Like, how are they reacting to all this? I know uh, Carmine D. G-Domin- oh, never, Never had to pronounce that. I-, I know his art isn't for everyone. It is very stylized. I feel like I'm really starting to love what he's doing here. I, I feel like his kind of stylized art fits this book. Uh, I can tell, you know, Josh Williamson's setting up a ton of stuff in this issue. Uh, he's been setting up stuff that's gonna go, you know, twenty issues from now. So overall, The Flash feels different, but I'm kind of cool with it. I'm kind of I'm kind of cool with what we're getting here. And Ivan uh, Plancencia's colors are awesome like I'm a, I'm a big fan of his work with riley rossmo on anything they do together so it's great to see them and now, now back to marvel old man logan patches in japan logan's in japan is patch giving some intel i this is the more and more like i read Lemire sorrentino and uh maialo's old man logan like the more i love it the more i kind of love how it's like, you know how, like, Civil War 2 is a follow Not really a follow-up to Civil War, but it's kind of like... It feels like name-only follow-up. Like, Old Man Logan is a great follow-up to that Wolverine story, Old Man Logan. Like, it's all about him trying to correct the wrongs of the past, even though those wrongs never happen in... I'm still calling it the 616 universe. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, he He's really on a mission to make those wrongs right and that's what i that's what i love about it it's a it's a book about redemption and you also get some of the best art in comics like the best art team of sorrentino and uh, Mayalo together so this is the start of a new art called the last ronin i cannot recommend this book enough it's it's one of my favorites at marvel up there with you know the ultimates and vision and miss marvel as well i just pick up old man logan just do it Captain America Steve Rogers or Steve Rogers Captain America, the book that everybody screams about. Uh it's it's a, it's an okay issue. I I wasn't feeling uh Jesus art as much, but I'm really enjoying the story of Captain America's mind being wiped. Not wiped, but changed so altered, so everything in his past is Hydra related. My favorite, like, strange enough, my favorite moment in in this is, like, Captain America takes off his shirt and just has this giant, like, or he puts a giant Hydra symbol on his chest. It's so weird, but it, like, it works. Like, I kind of love it. I'm going to say overall, like, not my favorite issue of this series of all three issues. But I highly recommend, like, you know, continue with this book. Nick Spencer... Knows what he's doing in long-form storytelling. I, you know, I love The Fix, Superior Foes, Sam Wilson, even though it may be a little political and alienating to some people. Uh, Morning Glories? Oof, i meant to check that one because I don't remember if <laughs> he did Morning Glories. I'm almost positive he did. Morning Glories. <clears throat> that book's awesome, too, I right? even if Nick Spencer didn't write it. But I'm almost positive he did. And he... Gotta click on this. Okay, good. He wrote it. Okay, I don't feel like an idiot. I'm not scripted. I'm gonna say things that are wrong. Sorry. Anyways, Mighty Thor is next. I am. I love Russell Darwin, and Matthew Wilson, uh, the artist and colorist on this book. I super super love what they're doing. As far as the story goes, I'm. This is the least into a Mighty Thor story I've been since the beginning. It's. The, I don't know what it is this really just doesn't appeal to me at all it's not written poorly at all i think jason aaron is a fantastic writer i think you know what he's actually doing here as far as the story goes is great it's just for me i don't know i've, I've lost a lot of interest but i will continue reading it because russell Dodderman and matthew wilson then we move on to cryptocracy from dark horse comics uh if i over a few marvel things it's because oh i did hold on sorry look at this is chaos today guys chaos guys and gals i almost skipped a bunch of books i read uh extraordinary x-men i did not like this because there's the apocalypse war stuff is (sighs) too much I, I don't. I, I keep forgetting how everything connects because we have three—is it three or four? These apocalypse war stories that are not connected really, and so I'm forgetting what's happening. Also, I read so many comics each week, even when I don't read everything, and I'm just not enjoying this. Uh, you know, it's got one issue left. I kind of want this to get back to its own story. You know, have its own voice. And I know this has its own voice and its own story, but I'm I'm just kind of bored with it. Then we go on to Totally Awesome Hulk by Greg Pak and Michael Del Mundo. I love Del Mundo's art, but I feel this has been changing art a lot on this book, issue to issue, which issue to issue shouldn't be a problem. I don't know. But when we go to Alan Davis, who I've said I'm not a fan of to this, I'm just, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of bummed. This all deals with Amadeus Cho. And Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers wants to make sure that Cho isn't a threat. And it's a lot of talking, but it's very well done dialogue. I think this is a very a very solid book. And the way that it ties into Civil War to make sense to me. Where a lot of these tie-ins, I, I feel like, are just forced. This one makes sense. I mean, you know, the Hulk's a threat. So there's still a Hulk around. Bruce Banner's gone, but there is still a Hulk. So what do you do? Well, Danver's going to talk to Amadeus Cho with, you know, 114 guys pointing guns at him. Uh, next, we'll move over to Black Panther number four. This is also, like, one of my top favorite Marvel books right now. Simply for the fact that it takes place in its own little pocket, it's all in Wakanda. This issue is very talky. It's a it's dialog heaven, dialogue-driven, but this deals with the rising forces in Wakanda and how is Black Panther going to deal with them? And he's not dealing with them with his fists right now. You know, everything that's happening here is discussion. It's planning, it's strategy, not strategy in the way you think, but kind of, you know, how is Wakanda going to regain control when it seems like everything is falling apart? This is a, it's a brilliant Black Panther book. I I, I can't remember the last time I, I loved a Black Panther book this much, probably Priests Run. I love Reggie Hudlin's run as well, but I think Christopher Priest and I know this is four issues and it's so soon to like say like this is brilliant, but I feel like this is a very very special Black Panther series. It it, it's, it works so well. Then we have all new, all different Avengers. Uh, this is kind of dealing with the not the it's the final battle with the nihilists and it, the battle scenes are great. We uh, everybody kind of gets their own scenes. Story-wise, I've been done with this entire story for a while. I don't care anymore. Uh, it's it's a good issue. It's just not. I'm I've, I'm getting bored, and I feel like that's kind of a reoccurring theme this week that some things uh, drag on too long for me. And this, I think, this is only dragged on four issues, but think there's so much else going on in the Marvel universe that I just don't have the patience for it. I did not get to read Miss Marvelous was that this week or last week I can't remember again I'm still trying to play catch up from San Diego Comic Con as I'm sure Tony is as well so reading comics has been like what week did this come out I think I read like 20 books that didn't come out this week to prepare for the podcast (laughs) Uh, then we'll move over to Cryptocracy from Dark Horse Comics Uh, this is Van Jensen and Pete Woods my biggest complaint about this book is that it has, like, 3D model backgrounds. Not everywhere. It feels like it. No, maybe not everything. There's a lot of moments where I look at the background, I'm like, this feels like it was made, like, in a 3D model. And it just, it doesn't fit with the, like, the foreground art. So the backgrounds look kind of rough. This is also setting up still so much. I think that's the, that's the big problem with this book is... We're being introduced to a brand new world filled with conspiracy theories and it, it, the the book just throws so much at you and it's really hard to kind of process it all and digest it. So when I reviewed issue one, I think I read it, I had to read it like four or five times and I ended up loving it because I feel like Van Jensen, he does his best writing in this kind of tone in this kind of world where it has, like, a comedic element. He feels unchained, which is good. And not, like, unchained like in a Mark Miller Marvel unchained. But this is some of Van Jensen's better work. I I put Pinocchio Vampire Slayer up there, obviously. Uh, the leg up there more. But I feel like this is going to be something brilliant come down the line. I really like Pete Wood's art, but I just can't... The backgrounds just look so weird. It, it feels disjointed from the foregrounds. So I'd recommend this series, it's, again, it's a lot to digest, you're gonna have to read it a few times to kind of understand what's going on, but nevertheless, it's, you know, it's a really interesting brand new series. Manifest Destiny did not come out this week, that's last week. There's a bunch of other books I didn't read, because, again, the world of conventions. I'm sure I'm missing a ton that I wanted to talk about. Well, we will uh, move it over to questions. So we had people on Facebook and Twitter ask us a few questions. By us, I mean me. Only me. Uh, Anjan uh, asks, how is Deadpool able to kill the entire Marvel Universe? Hyperion would have stopped him. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, character-induced stupidity, plot-induced stupidity. Uh, How is Deadpool able to kill the... He, just did. I, I I don't know. I don't have a, a real answer for you. It, it's. He was able to kill the entire uh, Marvel universe uh, because it was the title of a book. I think. I think that's it. Nailed it. Uh, Dana asks, "What are your thoughts on the recent verdict in Civil War Two, the one where Hawkeye spoiler got away with the murder of Bruce Banner? I I do not know. I, that's the one thing about Civil War 2 that I'm kind of like down the middle on because that's the only thing about Civil War 2 I've liked is this well I don't like the fact that Rupert Spanner's dead but I like the idea that you know we think at least that we, we're supposed to think that Bruce told Clint to kill him if he becomes the Hulk again as of as him getting away with it like it seems a little weird like he flat out murdered somebody and just got let go. And so that's really weird to me. That, that idea is very, very bizarre, but I, I don't know if I'm okay with it. I, I really don't know how to feel about that one. That's, that's kind of a, well, that's kind of, that's kind of a uh, tough area for me to talk about. Cause I just don't have a strong opinion. Cause I'm confused which way to think so email me and let me know which way should I think uh, heading over to Twitter George asks us <clears throat> me <laughs> I keep saying us I'm so used to more than one of us being here uh, what are you hoping to see in the Suicide Squad and what are you hoping you don't see well I want it to be fun I'd like a fun movie specifics I want someone in the Suicide Squad to die that's, uh, that's so morbid. Like, I want someone to die. But, yeah, like, I, that's kind of the idea of the group, right? So, like, why shouldn't someone die? Uh, what am I hoping I don't see? <laughs> visual directing, I think, is the best way to put it. Uh, I think Zack Snyder visually makes some great scenes, but that doesn't make for a great movie. So I'm kind of hoping we stray away from the kind of visual style of directing for this. Leave that to... director of the great wall coming up (laughs) uh anything else that i'm hoping i don't see in the film though well i i don't know uh i don't have like a lot of expectations for the film i think i'm gonna enjoy it i hope i enjoy it like it it looks fun it looks different than what we've seen so far from dc but i don't have a lot of expectations next question comes from Spike. Uh, Catching up on Preacher on AMC. And here's some spoilers, guys, for Preacher, by the way. Uh, I'm wondering if you guys think Eugene is going to take the place of John Wayne. (laughs) Maybe? This show has strayed so far from the comic. So... I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm actually fine with how far it is straight from the comic, to be honest. I, I think it's it's interesting. It's different. It's keeping me on my toes. I have talked to, when I was at Comic-Con, like, hardcore preacher fans. And I always considered myself a hardcore preacher fan. But uh, I've talked to some hardcore fans that that hate it. They just despise it. They despise everything about the show. <laughs> and if, if you've listened to the podcast, you know me. I, I do not want a direct adaptation of of a comic into a show i bought something different so without cast which i'm three weeks behind on now i'm really enjoying that even though that's almost panel for panel the same but at the same time preacher i'm really enjoying because it's just so different and weird and preacher is a comic and i've said this before i don't think page for page panel for panel would work it's just too bizarre comic fans might like it but i think mainstream audiences wouldn't and i believe that Preacher's got some really good ratings I don't have anything in front of me right now Saying like here's the ratings But I think it's playing really well to A mainstream audience I could be wrong I Again I don't have information in front of me But that's just what I heard So I don't know <clears throat> Spike continues uh, Has the show clearly confirmed The angels l'angels, uh, Are coming soon Due to tattoos shared by both John Jesse and John's killer I don't know I don't know. <clears throat> I'm not that far ahead. <laughs> uh, he says, lastly, what do you guys think about preacher pulling the trigger on Cassidy and Tulip this early on? I assume he's talking about their relationship, which they are really switching things up, uh, which is fine. I'm fine with whatever they do, as long as it makes sense. It, I may not be as far as what you're talking about, but for what I've seen within that relationship, it, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. So I'm completely fine with it. Again, when I watch Preacher, I'm not thinking of the the comic. I'm thinking of the show. Preacher as its own standalone thing because direct direct translation, direct I'm oh, sorry, direct adaptation just doesn't. I, I just don't think it would work for that. Uh, Ryan asks which trailer won Comic Con. Uh, he personally thinks that Kong Skull Island was the biggest surprise. I agree with that. Kong Skull Island was awesome. Like I was super. I, I'm not a King Kong fan. I know there's like a there's like a whole King Kong's not a universal monster, but he is because it wasn't, you know, it's that like kind of he wasn't I don't think he was created by Universal Monsters, but they bought the character later. But I'm not a big like universal monster fan. I have a lot of friends that are. So I've never been into the character. It's like, okay, it's just a giant gorilla. Great. But the size of the gorilla in the trailer, I was like, what? You guys are kidding me. That's ridiculous. He's huge. So I, I'm excited for for the movie. I think the trailer was great. The other trailers that came out, I don't remember. We got like a Justice League. The Justice League one I loved, actually. Because it was like, hey, it's Justice League movie. We have a sense of humor. We're not morbid. Uh, I'm hoping they break away again from the visual storytelling and just kind of give us regular storytelling. My biggest problem with, with Batman vs. Superman, like and I've seen it like four times now, and I see the radar version twice. Is that it feels like a trailer? It's just like, it's, it feels like every scene is a filler for something else coming up, or I don't know. It's like a credit card commercial. I think that's what I said to uh, Tony after we saw. It. I'm like this feels like a credit card commercial. Like nothing's expanded upon. It's just kind of here's a moment, next moment, next moment. You know. What I think what I mean to say earlier was that there was no filler. Like I feel like you need filler in between these scenes and it just everything was so fast paced. Uh so we will be back on Friday for Massive. Tony and I should both be here. And then Monday we will have uh the regular Comic Con podcast again. Maybe we can get Corey. I don't know. Harass Corey on Twitter and tell him to come back. Because I don't know what's going on. Not I even I, I've talked to him but uh because of Comic Con I've really got to talk to anybody. So that's it for this week's Comic Vine podcast. Thank you for uh checking us out. Make sure to review us and rate us on iTunes and all that jazz. Uh follow us on Twitter at Comic Vine. We also at GameSpot. Uh we've been working GameSpot Entertainment for the past uh, eight months now. So go check out our articles there. Everything's posted there as well. Uh we love you guys. Thank you for your support, and we'll see you in a few days. So Sam Burgess asks, which is better, Suicide Squad or Sewer Side Quads? As in S-E-W-E-R-S-I-D-E-Q-U-A-D-S. Well, well, Sam, both have pluses and minuses. When we're talking about Suicide Squad, the problem I have with that is that you're on a team and you're doing suicide missions, you're probably going to die. Now, the cons of sewer side quads is that you're going to have poop all over your legs. What are the pros? Well, (laughs) suicide squad is like a team-building activity. Sewer side quads, you don't die. So, which is better? Well, I don't die in sewer side quads, but I'll always smell like poop. So you've stumped me.